0: Lift off. We have a lift-up. Welcome to the Ball Blast Podcast. Here to help you get ballsy and win your fantasy football leagues. Now, here are your hosts, Kay Majuk, Michelle Majuk, and Jake Trowbridge.
1: Welcome into the Ball Blast Fantasy Football Podcast, where it's our goal to help you get ballsy and win your fantasy football leagues. I'm your host, Michelle Majuk, researcher for the NFL Network. And I'm joined by Kate Majuk, Senior Content Creator at the Gaming Society, and Jake Trowbridge, Contributor with Matthew Barry's Fantasy Life. Jake, it feels good to have you back, buddy.
0: It feels good good to be back after the nice little mid-season Reset. Now I'm ready to take on the second half of this bad boy.
1: Woo! It's a long season. It really is. It's gone so fast and so slow at the same time. Because I feel like... It's a marathon, not a sprint, guys. Playing fantasy this year feels like walking in the mud. Right? It feels harder than normal. (laughs) It just (laughs) really does. Because you think you got it down. You're like, okay, these players are good. These players are good. And then they just bust in your lineup. And then random players who've been stinking it up for the last four weeks go off. It's hard. I'm actually going to take your metaphor and I'm going to like
2: just morph it a little bit, Michelle. I think like walking through mud is a little bit too obvious. Like you know that you're going to be walking through something when you're walking through mud. I'm going to say this season is like walking through sand because you think it's going to be really easy. But like. We were in the beaches of Hawaii, and I'm not complaining. Humble brag. Walking through the sand in Hawaii, like, was the hardest thing I think I've ever done. My calves, after walking down like a quarter of a (laughs) mile, I stop you
0: right there on behalf of our listeners and just say, for you complaining about walking on the beaches of Hawaii, my diamond shoes are too tight and my purse is too (laughs) small for all these hundreds
1: the thing is i know ex- the exact moment she's talking about it was like a half or it was like a quarter mile walk back to the parking lot it was the hardest walk i <laughs> ever done in my life but it was kind it was like it was windy and it was about the rain and we're walking no. in this like 900 degree sand it was brutal but it was like
2: very hot sand but it was also like the deepest sand so like I tried walking with my shoes and so much sand got into my shoes where I was sinking to the bottom of the beach. Somehow I take my shoes off and my feet burn to death. And that's what this season feels like. But it's also like it's like being on a beach in Hawaii. It's fantastic. I love it.
1: It's still fantasy football. There's the metaphor. I completed it. You are nailed it. We had a very fun day in the NFL world yesterday. The most active trade deadline in NFL history. It was a lot of fun. It really was. I mean, some of the names we wanted to hear, like Elijah Moore and Brandon Cooks and Kareem Hunt, unfortunately, they're still with their teams. And, you know, they probably are not going to give us great fantasy output this year. But we got some movement. First up, we had Chase Claypool. The Bears paid up. For that man, (laughs) they gave up uh what's likely to be an early second round pick. What was your thoughts on that, Jake? Do you and do you think this helps his fantasy value at all? I,
0: I think it's a kind of a win all around for everybody from a fantasy perspective because it does maybe cut a little bit of, let's say, dead weight off of the depth chart in Pittsburgh, which I do like. And I think he's going to be more valuable himself with the Bears than he would have if he remained with the Steelers. I also think having somebody like Claypool maybe helps boost Darnell Mooney's value a little bit because he seems to be that guy who needs a legitimate, you know, threat opposing him on the other side of the field. And like that should be good for him. It's obviously a win for Justin Fields who needed desperately some extra pass catchers. So I kind of like it overall.
1: Now I at first was thinking, okay, this is a win for Claypool because he's going from a team you know, he's either the wide receiver two or three in targets, and then you have Friar Muth, he's even above them typically, and they pass the running backs and all that, but then you look at the Bears, and they're attempting 20 pass times a game, the fewest in the NFL, while the Steelers are attempting 37, so almost double what they are attempting And their completion of percentage to Steelers is like 7% higher than the Bears. Now, when the Bears complete a pass, it's not for three yards like it is in the Steelers offense. (laughs) It's better than that. And Justin Fields is willing to throw down the field. And he likes doing that. And I think Chase Claypool is fast uh, and is a good deep threat that they can connect that way. I might sell Chase Claypool, though, if anyone's buying just if like people are buying for the high piece changing teams, I I think I'm good to sell him.
2: The Bears are buying,
1: yeah. So for way over,
2: <laughs> I like. I mean, I think this was a good move for the Steelers. Like, I don't think they had huge for George Pickens though. Huge for George Pickens, uh, who's coming off of a down week. So honestly, like, if we are uh, buying and selling right now, I will trade away Chase Claypool in a minute and. Yeah. Give me George Pickens. Like, I would trade those one for one. Well, in yeah. But right no now. one's
1: doing that. So, I we honest, don't live in the ab-
2: Stream world. I absolutely think coming off Kenny or coming off of George Pickens down week, there could be. Everyone's
1: excited for him, though, because Chase Claypool got me. Ah,
2: eh, I see. I think there are enough people concerned about this offense and the fact that we do not have turnover at
1: offensive. That's just me. Anyways, moving on. Chase Edmonds to the Broncos and then Jeff Wilson to the Dolphins. So it was like one second. I was like, Raheem Mostert. I mean, it was already the Raheem Mostert show anyways, but you're like, okay. Really, it changed nothing. But you were just like, okay, cool. Raheem Mostert's safe. And then they trade for Jeff Wilson, who I think Jeff Wilson's a better running back than Chase Edmonds, at least in that system. Uh, Obviously, Mike McDaniel traded for him because he... You know, he used to be his coach in San Francisco. So you would think he's trading for him for a reason. I think he ends up being the goal line back and does hurt Raheem Mostert, who's a smaller back and older. What about you, Jake?
0: Yeah, it felt like Chase Edmonds had kind of just faded into oblivion, which was a great thing for his counterpart in the backfield. And now, like you said, the familiarity there with the old offensive scheme, I think is what's going to really uh, push everybody's value down. So both Jeff Wilson and Raheem Mostert, I don't know, it's going to be a little tougher. Like Mostert's still going to be a start until further notice, um, just because he has looked so good. But yeah, he's
1: disappointed in an amazing matchup against the Lions, though.
0: Everybody gets one. I gotta give everybody one. You you can't because this season has been so crazy and raw week to week that if you just shelved everybody who had a down week, you wouldn't have a starting roster to be over the field. So <laughs> if he continues tough. doing that, then yes, obviously he has to evaluate.
1: And then Chase Edmonds for the Broncos. Kate, do you care? Like he wasn't good on the dolphins. He didn't get any touches. Is it's going to be a three headed monster, right? Or do you think Chase Edmonds ends up taking over the backfield? I mean,
2: like the weird thing is uh, that we still have the Broncos coming out and saying, no, no, no. Melvin Gordon, for real. He's our guy. Melvin Gordon is the starter here. And Yeah. He might
1: be the guy that's out there
2: in the first snap. (laughs) Literally. So he has literally started each of the last four games, but, um, he's, he's not getting very much work, uh, if any. So I like, I actually think there is a lot of opportunity for Chase Edmonds there. Like, I mean, really Melvin Gordon, I think he looked pretty solid to start the season, but in his four games as a starter, averaging 3.2 yards per carry, I think that there's plenty of room for him uh, to, you know, move over and see what Chase Edmonds can do. We know he can work as a pass catcher. Uh,
1: I, I I think there's plenty of. By the way, the guy averaging the fewest yards per carry this year is Chase Edmonds. So you're going from Melvin Gordon to Chase Edmonds. Now, Edmonds was good in car- or with the Cardinals, so who knows? But I'm not interested. They're on bye this week, too, so you'll have to hold them throughout the bye. Eh. Moving on. Naheem I'm Pines. not
2: interested, but I also do want to shout out Raheem Mostert, who didn't crush it this week, Michelle. But, like, he still averaged, I think, 4.7 yards per carry. Like, nice he was fine way to cut me off he was fine I'm just
1: saying all right (laughs) I was moving on to keep you from talking her face right now is like dead her face is dead my wife is gonna kill me after this episode all right Naheem Hines to the bills the the bigger part of this trade though Zach
0: Moss don't 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 even do it
1: anyways I don't think this is good for Naheem Hines I really don't at all like you're going to an offense that loves to throw and when they run Devin Singletary is really good and then you also have James Cook who looked good I don't even understand why they traded for Naheem Hines because like he would be in the James Cook role where Cook already looks really good and you spent a second rounder on him this year where is there room for Hines maybe as a pass catcher maybe returning kicks like I don't. I think this destroys his fantasy value, but people are excited because it's the Bills. I think like, it's a
0: lateral move a little the Bills bit. Bills running backs aren't good. I know that the the Bills running backs have not been great. Obviously, it's very interesting that the Bills have continuously tried to get somebody like Naheem Hines this season, though. Like, I mean, the Christian McCaffrey hype might have been overwarranted. I don't know how strongly they were actually going after him, but they've been hammering after dudes that fit his mold. So maybe they are trying to unlock that aspect of the backfield with the pass catching. I don't know, short range dump off type stuff. And they just don't have that guy that they feel comfortable with. That's what I'm hopeful for along with just being on a better offense. I think I'll take that. I know that it's a little bit of a hit to volume, but hopefully the efficiency and touchdown work is better.
1: Yeah, and Josh Allen has been passing more to the running back this year, uh, as opposed to other years. Like he has like top uh, above um, average this year to passing the running backs. It's just when you're splitting, it's a three headed monster now. Like before the last couple games, at least like Zach Moss wasn't either a healthy scratch or he didn't get any snaps. So it was like okay, now I can see the path. The Singletary like being actually valuable in fantasy, and James Cook getting more work, and now you add in Hines, and I think it just. Ruins the whole backfield again. On the other, I, I do think we need to discuss it. It's not about Zach Moss, but it's about the Colts' backfield because Jonathan Taylor's dealing with an ankle injury. He missed practice on Wednesday. So there is a chance a running back in this backfield could get snaps this week. It's most likely Deion Jackson, right? With Moss coming in right away, I doubt they feed him. So are you picking up Deion Jackson, or do you think Moss is involved, or do you think Phil Lindsay's involved, or any of the above?
0: pass <laughs> i'm passing I, I don't want jackson was really good
1: it. though the in the one start you got to make yeah. without it's just a Taylor. terrible
0: matchup this week for the one opportunity so i'm a little leery
1: okay yeah the patriots are a terrible matchup against running backs well, we'll see. We'll see. I, I hope my, you know, we all hope Zach Moss gets in and gets some carries and can prove himself, but it's very unlikely. And I do not advise you to pick him up or start him. Although I do love him still very dearly. TJ Hawkinson to the Vikings. Craziest trade of the trade deadline. So Hawkinson's your yep. dude. How do you feel about the change of teams? Do you think it's a lateral or an improvement or a downgrade?
2: I think in a, It's an improvement. I think this is a team that um, is going to be more reliable in terms of their overall scheme being stable for passing yards, for offensive yards. Like we've seen, uh, obviously to start the season, like the Lions were on fire offensively. It didn't translate to wins, but they were a top offensive unit. But I think we saw really quickly – with injuries like that fluctuated and that was very volatile. I do think this offense is a lot less volatile, and I do think that the move to trade for him, uh, and, and the urge, I think, to get a tight end involved, it's going to translate to positive things.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, the Vikings haven't had a tight end have over 80 receiving yards or 80 plus receiving yards in a game since 2018. With Kyle Rudolph, now is it because the Vikings haven't had a tight end? I mean, they did have Tyler Conklin; he was decent last year. Sometimes, I don't. I think, I don't think, I think they, it's a very lateral move.
2: I think that, I mean, for the Vikings, especially, like, oh yeah, it's huge good upgrade, huge upgrade for the Vikings. But like, I mean, it's not like again the the Lions' offense very volatile to begin with. Which offense do you trust more? Yeah. I trust the Vikings. The more. biggest
1: issue is if you have TJ Hawkinson. So Jake, I'll ask you this question. Are you starting him this week? He gets the worst matchup for tight ends this season. It's the commanders are allowing the fewest points per game to tight ends. It's a brand new team. And I feel like playing tight ends, is one of the hardest positions to pick up just from a brand new scheme. Like, is he startable at all? Like, I don't, I don't think so. What about you?
0: You'd have to be pretty desperate, I think, to start Hawkinson this week. It, like you said, terrible matchup. Getting inserted this late uh, ahead of the game, I, I don't like any of it. So I would be staying away from Hawkinson.
1: A big trade that happened before the trade le- deadline: Kadarius Tony to the Chiefs. We never got to talk about that because it was after our podcast last week. Listen, I'm a I'm a Kadarius Tony truther. I think he's very talented. I understand there's probably personal issues. And you know whatever, and he can't stay healthy. But with the Chiefs, it's a little exciting, right? And then Andy Del- or Andy Reid said yeah, they'll try to work him in this week against the Titans. Like you can't play him this week, but I'm excited, uh, Jake. What are your thoughts?
0: I think I hope that uh, Kadarius Tony's injuries when he was with the Giants were more of the Will Fuller finger, Michael Thomas. <laughs> whatever I basically more or less don't want to play right now kind of injuries, as opposed to like something serious that we really have to monitor and stay on top of. And I think it's possible because I do think that this split was less than amicable in that way. So my hope is that it, they get the weapon that they've obviously wanted and have been trying to acquire all off season that he is now that guy.
1: Who would you two want for the rest of the season? Kadarius Tony or Wandell Robinson?
0: Oof, I think I want Wandale rest of season still. It's very it's transparent. Wandale, it's what not he even, is.
2: it's literally not even close for, for those me. seven yards per reception
1: for four receptions, seven, like you're getting 35 yards from Michelle, Robinson.
2: You might get tony for 35 snaps rest of season.
1: yeah and i like but at least you know right you're like okay if he's injured i'm not playing him if you keep playing robinson you're going to maybe get eight ppr points like there's no upside with him when you're talking about who can possibly be a league winner this year i don't even think robinson's in that conversation now i tony don't I not be, either i don't think
2: to, that's the thing i don't think tony is either he's i totally i would love healthy i'm gonna sell him high because michelle like think so about how to
1: people like me who are crazy and stupid. Yes. yes.
2: A hundred. I'm a hundred. Like, please. I'm, I am not crazy enough to have any
1: shares of Kadarius Tony, <laughs> but if I did, I'd be selling him to you in a heartbeat. You know who could never stay healthy that I was in love with for a really long time. And then he finally paid off and won me leagues last year, Rashad Penny. But and sh- now he's back to not staying healthy. But what <laughs> is not the- a good
0: example. Yes, no. because last year
1: he won no. people leagues because when he's on the
2: field, he's really good. No, because you never had a question about Rashad Penny and his like desire to be on the field. You never had a question about his attitude his you never, you never had a question like that was never part of that conversation it's always been a part of the conversation with Kadarius. yeah Tony. yeah like, i know you
1: don't like him we're moving on it's to it's not about not liking him it's about being realistic we're, like we're moving on to a guy you do like calvin ridley ooh. to the jaguars now ooh. obviously this isn't talk about fantasy for this year so let's keep it super short but in dynasty what are your thoughts about this move he goes from the falcons to the Jaguars with Trevor Lawrence. It's, it, it's nice, right? Yeah.
0: yeah. I mean, yeah. it's better for him. Like this is a lot of these guys don't be at a place where you don't want to be. I think that might be the situation with Calvin Ridley and the Falcons. And like, unless they completely overhaul their offensive system from this year to next, then I don't want him to be a part of that Falcons team. I'd much rather have him go to the ascending Jaguars who do seem to know, for the most part, how to use their players. And this is a great boost for Trevor Lawrence. I love Trevor Lawrence. This just makes him even better, in my opinion, going forward. So I'm super psyched.
2: I mean, we, we've we already seen with the Atlanta Falcons, like Kyle Pitts and um, Drake London, like two of my favorite dra- draft prospects offensively in a long time. Uh, we've already seen them combine for less than 12 targets per game this year, throw in Calvin Ridley. And that would just be, I feel like bedlam. Like, I don't think that.
1: And Patterson's been out And
2: Patterson's been out. Like, I don't think Arthur Smith can handle more than one offensive. I don't think he can handle any offensive (laughs) weapons on the field. That's why he's so content for Marcus Mariota. I, I just think like this team is not built for that. And I'm happy to see him move on.
1: Speaking of the Falcons, let's move into the injury part of this news real quick and run through this. Cordero Patterson will return uh, to practice on Wednesday. So he returned. Um, I don't know if he's going to play yet, but he's on IR. So keep an eye on that. If he does play, it's a fantastic matchup. This is the issue though. If he plays, how many snaps? We don't know. And then he ruins Tyler Algier and uh, Caleb Huntley. Like I was excited to play both of them. Now, if Patterson plays, will they get many snaps? I really can't answer this for anybody. Can you, Jake? Because I hate these type of situations.
0: None of these running backs individually is good enough to be like that's going to be the guy out of this trio, and they're going to get the bulk of the work. And so it's it scares me. Like I might be a little bit more inclined to play Caleb Huntley, I guess, out of the three, mostly because of Patterson. Like we don't know what he's going to look. But I don't want any of them, truly.
1: Yeah, you would think if Patterson does play this week, he'd be on limited snap count, and they're not going to try to use him as a rusher all that much because that would put extra pain in the body. I think I'm still fine with playing other Huntley or Algiers, just they become much riskier in a really nice matchup. And they're already risky players to begin with, so it doesn't feel great. But I'm going to name a running back later in my fades of the week that I would still play any of these three guys over him so we'll get to that alan lazard practicing on wednesday he has a great matchup against the lions if he plays i'm playing him you guys agree
0: yep
1: cool kate's nodding her head yes you guys can't see her (laughs) (laughs) Uh, cooper cup did not practice on wednesday but sean McVay noted that he thinks he'll be able to suit up for the bucks this weekend this just sucks because he got hurt on the last pass of the game when there was no reason the pass and they are down by a gazillion and they were just kneeling out anyways. Like, I don't, I don't understand why they passed and Cooper Cup got hurt. And now, even if he does play, how good is he going to be on a broken ankle? I mean, I know
0: it's not broken, but still. It's dumb. You're dumb, no. Sean McVay. Why are you Michelle, doing this?
2: You just metaphorically broke Cooper Cup's ankle. And I want you to knock on wood for that. I don't even know if this desk is made of wood. Well, i mean it looks like one it lo- it could be faux wood oh, michelle oh, find my- some- we need to find real wood
1: what, what? does edit- anybody have wood <laughs> <laughs> if Cooper cup plays you play him and hopefully the ankle injury is not too bad and then but like this is what happens DeAndre swift right he plays last week now luckily he got the touchdown so it didn't end up being a total disappointment but he's not practicing on Wednesday. And coach Dan Campbell said he's not fully back to health yet. That's why he's not getting as many touches. They're going to keep limiting him. Like, oh, what do you do with DeAndre Swift? Because he's one of those guys. When he gets the touches, he's great. But we never know when those are coming now because we don't know when he's going to be fully healthy.
0: Yeah, he's going to play the first quarter, hopefully, maybe. Possibly. And the majority of the touches during that first quarter. And then after that, it's like, who knows? Who literally knows? I don't. Uh, So I, you have to, but you also have to mitigate that risk in your lineup somewhere else.
1: Yeah, it's not pretty. All right. It is time to hop in to our scrumptious starts of the week.
2: So meaty
0: what's not to like custard good jam good meat good it is delicious
1: it's good for me it's a perfect way to start the day jake who's your first scrumptious start of the week
0: it's spicy i know it's one play but it got me all (laughs) kinds of excited as a packers fan i'm talking about samari toure against the detroit lions i'm happy to take the homer stance here Like I said, it was one touchdown play that he got from Aaron Rodgers, but it was very important because it showed one thing that none of these other pass catchers have had this whole season, which is instinct. He adjusted himself multiple times mid-route to help get open when the play was broken down. That is Aaron Rodgers' specialty. That's every wide receiver that's ever played with Aaron Rodgers. That is their path to getting targets, is because they can anticipate what he needs from them in those situations. It's entirely trust-based with him. Now, going forward, uh, Watson, Christian Watson, out with a concussion because, of course, Cobb still on IR. This week against Detroit, they do blitz a lot, but they rank 31st in sacks and 23rd in pressure percentage. So Aaron Rodgers should hypothetically have more time to let those plays develop and improvise and find the guy who's getting open for him. I believe that's story. I believe Rodgers' comments calling out the other wide receivers from a couple of weeks ago are now starting to bear this fruit for the rookie seventh round pick to actually come and make some waves. I understand if you're nervous to put him into your lineup, I'm going to put him into my flex over a lot of guys that people are going to like a lot more putting him in over Marvin Jones, putting him in over me, Hardman, putting him in over Isaiah McKenzie. If you don't want to do that and you don't want to ride this train with me, that's fine, but pick him up off of waivers. So that next a, week when he does produce, you'll have him available and won't have to fight your league mates for him.
1: What about a guy like Paris Campbell?
0: Uh, that's probably getting close to the cutoff there. I don't know that I'd feel super comfortable with that one. Uh,
1: I think, what about I, think I would. Duvernay. I think I
0: would. Duvernay has been getting too many targets with Rashad Bateman out. So yeah, I would I not would do that.
1: Duvernay there. All right. All right. All right. I like it. It's really bold. It's really bold, but we get ballsy here. So I'm going to take it. I'm actually going with a pretty bold one too. And I would take my guy over your guy. I want to hear your thoughts afterwards. But DeAndre Carter, he's the slot wide receiver for the Chargers. Keenan Allen somehow re-injured his hamstring during the bye. How? That's literally supposed to be when you get healthy. He said it got worse during the bye while he was training. And he said he's not going to play until he knows he will not be on a snap count. Snap count. So if he does play this week, I guess that's good, right? That means he thinks he's fully healthy and he's good to go. But it's looking like it's really questionable if he's going to play. Then there's no Mike Williams because he hurt himself. He'll be out for at least the next four weeks. So somebody has to produce in this offense. And I think it's going to be DeAndre Carter this week against the Falcons and also Gerald Everett, the tight end. So I'm putting two in one here. Carter played 95% of offensive snaps last week, had seven targets in that game. Now it turned into just three receptions for 37 yards because he's DeAndre Carter. But I think with the same workload in this matchup, he's going to find much more success per next gen stats. The Falcons are allowing the most receptions and most receiving yards in the NFL to wide receivers out of the slot this year. While Carter is running the most routes in the slot for the chargers this season, And I just think that's a really good, nice matchup there. I was going to say Keenan Allen before he re-injured himself. Now, obviously, I'd feel much better about that because Keenan Allen is fantastic. And when he gets snaps of the slot, he would kill it. But I I still think DeAndre Carter will get plenty of targets and he will produce in this matchup against the Falcons slot corner. And then also the same thing with Gerald Everett. He runs a lot of snaps out of the slot as well. For the Chargers, Gerald Abbott's been really solid this year for a fantasy tight end. And I think with the the top two guys out, he's going to get even more targets. Like, I think he's a must start. Unless you have Travis Kelsey, I'm starting him. Obviously, if Mark Andrews looks like he's good to go, then you still go with him. Uh, He's really close to Ertz and Goddard for me. So decide between that. It's pretty much 50-50. But besides those four guys, it is Everett. me for sure and then when you're talking about DeAndre Carter I'm starting him over guys like Romeo Dobbs over Brandon Cooks over Curtis Samuel over Paris Campbell I think he will have a really solid week
0: yeah I mean I'm into it are you are you gonna fly in the face of Austin Eckler though who said if he had to pick up somebody in fantasy he'd pick up Josh Palmer are you gonna tell Austin Eckler he's wrong
1: if you're going to pick up someone for the long haul for the next four games, I want it to be Josh Palmer. And I think Josh Palmer will be just fine. I think he'll get his targets. I think he's very doable. He's probably much safer than Carter, but I think Carter has a much higher ceiling where he can like break one off or have a long touchdown out of the slot this week. He's, he's risky, but I like him more than Ture. What about you? Is that how you say his name?
0: It sure is. Uh, I look, my Homerism is going to get in the way, so I'm going to defer to Kate. Kate, who would you rather have out of these
2: Um, I would take Carter. Sorry, I like I. Or Why I are you looking at me? Sorry, I, <laughs> so, I don't so know. Wisely. I'm so sorry, everybody. I'm sorry. I uh, I don't have enough confidence, so I apologize to everybody I meet. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> but I like. I, I just think that I. I'm sorry. <laughs> I yeah,
1: no. <laughs> so you're picking Carter though,
2: right? I am picking Carter right. and so- I'll take Everett. Like I, I want the guys that like are going to be playing with a quarterback that even in the absence of his top weapons, I still trust more than Aaron Rodgers right now. I think the pass volume is going to be higher. Um, again, even despite their top weapons, like I think this is a pass for pass first offense. And, Especially in week eight, I think we saw that the Packers work best when they are not. And that's my tiebreaker.
1: Okay. All right. So, Jake, you go with a super wild card, and then I go with a super wild card. Guys, leave me alone. Kate goes with (laughs) a top 10 running back this year. Who is your start of the week, Kate? Michelle, nobody respects this
2: man. So, I feel like I need to shout it out. He is a must start every week, and I'm sick of the slander. This like this man was the victim of trade rumors, not not that they were going to trade him, but that this team was going to trade for a superstar running back, running back to supplant him. How rude. Miles Sanders versus the Houston Texans. Miles Sanders is a good running back, folks. He is doing everything that we want him to. He ranks eighth among NFL rushing uh, running backs in rushing yards five touchdowns, zero fumbles, and still nobody gives him respect. Like, he is literally, like, if you compare his stat line with that of Dalvin Cooks, it is almost identical. Like, down to yards per carry, down to rushing attempts of 10 or more yards, a rush at yards after contact. Like, these guys are identical this year, and Miles Sanders is a must-start. Houston is leading the league by far, to uh, in yards allowed to the running back position, not just because Derrick Henry exploded <laughs> in week eight. Like this is the perfect matchup. But again, I need to reiterate Miles Sanders is a must start every single week, period.
1: Well, definitely this week, right? It's just such a good matchup. Every
2: week, Michelle.
1: He should be ranked as, how high are you ranking him this week? Is he a top eight running back this week? He's a top five. We've already played this game, honey. Top five. We've already played this game. Consensus has him at 12.
2: You're going to put him top five. Yep. All right. All right. This is a run first team. There's going to be a lot of opportunity to real, run out real that class. fast,
1: real fast. Can we just love up on Travis Etienne super quickly? Yeah. Can, can we, as a podcast, just give you know a little round of applause Woo! for all of us? Woo! Some snaps, 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 snaps. Yeah. You want to do a little bet, Travis Etienne versus Miles Sanders this week? I don't want to
2: do that bet. No. Why? <laughs> Because Travis Etienne could be RB1
1: every week. Fine. That's boring. <laughs> uh, you're boring. All right. Jake, you... I'm sorry.
2: Not all of us are bold enough to say that the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to upset the undefeated Eagles. And some of us actually pay off our tequila. Bets, but you didn't give me some one. Other <laughs> I
1: thought you forgot and you didn't get it for me. So that's your own fault. I didn't know you needed service. I'm I, I got it for you when you <laughs> oh owed up. Jake, who's your second scrumptious start of the week?
0: All right. I'm going to roll over to quarterback here, and I'm going to talk about Tyler Heineke. Uh, Taylor Heineke. (laughs) I should probably learn how to say the guy's name that I'm hyping up here this week. But he gets to play the Minnesota Vikings. That's what I really like. This is the battle of two bad defenses, exceptionally, uh, especially when it comes to passing defenses. Um, I really wanted to list Kirk Cousins here, but I knew that that was too obvious. He should just be in your lineups de facto from this point but Minnesota is giving up the fourth most passing yards per game to this point. I was QB eight last week against a pretty respectable Colts defense, at least up until that point, he's going to have to do more this week to keep up because Minnesota does have the ninth highest scoring offense per game. And they did add TJ Hawkinson, who again, even though for himself, not super keen this week, it is great for Kirk cousins to get one more legitimate weapon there. And, you know, Uh, Heineke, for his part, actually ranks sixth in on-target percentage and eighth in completion percentage. And his connection with Terry McLaurin has been really great, really special. Glad to see McLaurin is actually able to produce with somebody like him in there. Uh, You know, his yards per uh, pass aren't exciting. It's not a thrill ride to watch him work, but he does have a rushing uh, floor as well, which is nice. So I'm starting him over guys like Derek Carr, Matt Stafford, Tom Brady, maybe even Justin Fields. That's kind of the line that I'm close to. Uh, he has a better matchup than Fields, but I could see you wanting that rushing floor there.
1: Yeah, I like that. And uh, I actually might like Heineke in this matchup more than Kirk Cousins. Washington has been a, a pretty solid defense as of late. like They've really woken up and they've been pretty tough. So I, I might go with Heineke, although it's more risky, obviously, than Cousins. Now that he has this new amazing weapon in Hawkinson, <laughs> he might be unstoppable. Okay, well, I'm going to skip me and go to you and I'll do mine last because yours goes with Jake of the week. Who's yours? I feel
2: like every single week, um, like I just kind of partner with Jake. Like Jake and I are always. <laughs> Should on I the leave?
0: Team. Yeah, <laughs> am, I, am I even? That necessary? would be great. Yeah,
2: if you could just step out, that would be fantastic. Um, no, I'm going with Terry McLaurin, who is the perfect target for Taylor Heineke, and like has seen his revival with taylor heineke back on the field he has put up over 16 fantasy points in each of the last two weeks with heineke under center like these two have a connection and i'm not here to fight that i'm i'm very happy to see him back he's had 70 plus receiving yards in three of the last four games heineke like he is pretty drawn to mclaurin he said uh he's targeted McLaurin with 25% of his targets at least in the last two games and it's it's more than he's been seeing like finally he's getting the usage that you want to see out of that top end wide receiver the matchup Jake you mentioned it it's juicy Um, we saw some turnovers forced by the Vikings last week but they've allowed the third most receiving year it's seventh most fantasy points to receivers this year I I think the matchup's great, but again, I'm I just keep going back to that connection between McLaurin Heineke's and Heineke's always just like McLaurin, where are you? And just throws yeah, it. Yeah, like out. he's like, please help me out, dude. But like it's like that meme where it's like, screw it, he's down there somewhere. Like yeah. it doesn't matter. And I mean Heineke, he brings an extra element to this offense, like with his legs in terms of abilities in extending drives. Like I think. Heineke's better for this offense in every way, but especially for Terry McLaurin, because they they have some sort of juice together.
1: Yeah. I don't, I don't know w- if
2: they eat breakfast together or
1: get me <laughs> <and bust. laughs> Probably. I'm a big fan of McLaurin this week, but I feel like every time we think McLaurin's gonna go off, he busts. But I'm still playing him everywhere if I have him. If you've held on to McLaurin this season, this if is you like, can't start, you gotta him, use him. If
2: you can't start him in this matchup with Taylor Heineke under center, I don't think you can, yeah, ever really reliably start him.
1: And this is kind of goes with my scrumptious start. It's the same thing with Christian Kirk versus the Raiders. You've uh, like Christian Kirk isn't bad enough to drop, so you've held on to him. Or if you haven't traded him yet, like you're holding on to him for this reason. This is a perfect matchup to put him back into your lineup. Now he's been struggling as of late. He has fewer than eleven fantasy points in four of his last five games. But they've been—he's had a really hard stretch of games for matchups with wide receivers. It was the Eagles, the, the hardest defense. You have the Texans, who are actually really hard against the the pass. The Colts, really hard. The Giants and the Broncos, who are the hardest. Like those are a really hard stretch of games. I think all of them.
2: Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Might rank in like bottom 10 and fantasy points a lot. Yeah, for wide receivers, uh, I, If not bottom five.
1: Yeah, they do. They're, they're really hard against the wide receivers. So I think things will open back up for Kirknell this week. The Raiders are really, really, really bad against slot wide receivers. Like they're giving up the fourth most receiving yards in the league to slot wide receivers. And they've already had their buy. So they played one fewer game than most teams and they're giving up the fourth, most yards to slot wide receivers while Christian Kirk has the second most receiving yards among wide receivers out of the slot this season behind only Tyler Boyd. So I think this is just a perfect matchup for him to get back on track. He's still seeing targets. It's just, he's not producing because of the hard matchups. So I I think this week will be really nice for him. I'm playing him over guys like Gabe Davis, who I think we'll hear about in our fade section. DJ Moore, Tyler Boyd, Michael Pittman, Juju, Jacoby Myers, like over pretty big named guys. I still want Christian Kirk over this week.
2: I really yeah. like that. We've already seen upside from Christian Kirk. I think we've seen generally speaking, like we've seen ups and downs uh, for the Jaguars for sure. But I do think that we've seen like more ups than downs this year, which is a change. Um, and Christian Kirk is that guy like he is the de facto target for this team.
1: All right, let's let's get all poopy in our pants and let's go move over <laughs> to the biggest phase of the week. Jake, let's start with you. We got lots of Thursday night, guys. Hopefully you guys are listening before Thursday. You just said poopy yes. in our pants. Yeah, you true.
0: sure did. Can it, can, I, can it at least be poopy in their pants? I mean, that seems like more of what we're going for here, but yeah. uh, the poopiness. It's not
2: poopy in my pants, because I'm not
0: starting these It days. started off as fartiness, I recall, earlier oh, this season. Oh, it, it was just graduated, fart. I yeah. Wow, uh, Michelle
1: but graduated.
0: <laughs> well, at this point, it's that bad, but I am uh, farting pooping with Brandon Cooks here this week, <laughs> who, again, at the top of the show, we talked about, we wanted him to get traded. He did not get traded. There were so many good landing spots for him in Instead, he's stuck with the Texans, where he doesn't want to be, it seems. He was pretty vocal about it on Twitter. And he's topped just 60 yards twice this season. And he hasn't reached 85 yards once this season. Got that lonely touchdown because he's just got four red zone targets this entire time. They don't—they aren't a good enough offense for him to actually be able to prosper, which I never thought was a thing you could say about Brandon Cooks because he was offense deterrent it didn't matter but this year it's really been brutal philly has been brutal you talked about it before there they're just they're just shutting down outside receivers and cooks is not uh in a situation where he can thrive against that and there is a slight chance i mean he might sit tomorrow they're, they're talking he wasn't at practice i think it's just like sending a message to the texans ownership hey man i want it out you didn't let me out I don't know if he'll actually go through with sitting, but something to monitor.
1: We're going to be at the game, the Texans uh, Eagles game. We're mostly, but we're in Houston, but we're going to watch Jalen Hurts play. But I would like Brandon Cooks to be there. I want to see mm-hmm. some offense on the Texans. Kate gets to see her boy Damian, Damian Pierce. Pierce, yeah, it, it, <laughs> it should be a fun time. I completely agree with you. I think like Brandon Cooks is pretty much unplayable this week. You know, another guy that it's not as unplayable as Brandon Cooks, but it's Garrett Wilson versus the Bills. He had a really nice week last week, but he had a really nice week earlier in the season and then didn't do anything for multiple games afterwards. I think that's just what we're going to get out of Garrett Wilson is some big boom games, but inconsistency, not because of him. He's great. He's such a good, young, talented wide receiver. He plays for the Jets and he plays with Zach Wilson. So it's not going to be consistent on a week-to-week basis. And they're playing the Bills this week. The Bills are a really good defense. I mean, I think everybody knows that. And they're allowing the lowest passer rating in the NFL when they create pressure on opposing quarterbacks. Now, Zach Wilson is incredibly bad when pressured. He could just end it at incredibly incredibly bad. bad. (laughs) But especially when pressured. He's completing just 31% of his pass attempts under pressure this season. And he was doing the same type of stuff last year. So this is a trend now where when you pressure him, he just falls apart. So I do not expect this game to be pretty for the Jets. Now, you know, maybe their defense can keep them in it and maybe they have to keep up with Josh Allen. So they pass a lot and maybe Garrett Wilson can get enough targets to pull together some yards. So he's not a must sit, but I'm really trying to sit him if I can. Guys I'm playing over him are obviously Christian Kirk, who I named, Devonta Smith, Juju, Terry McLaurin. And I'm even starting my scrumptious start of the week, DeAndre Carter over Wilson. It's very bold, but I'm, I think I'm doing it this week. What are your thoughts on Garrett Wilson, guys?
0: It's tough because like you said, he, he can boom. And so you love that. It's kind of the Mike Williams of your situation. But like with Mike Williams, you could kind of diagnose a lot of the time. If he was going to do that or not, like it seemed pretty clear. Like if he's on the injury report, you just don't even mess with Mike Williams. We don't get that clarity with Garrett and also that name Garrett. Can we talk about that? (laughs) An NFL wide receiver named Garrett just doesn't really send chills down the defender's spines. No, but I, I do think it is tough to trust him this week
1: i agree with jake They're, but like, terry is just really scary oh wait that's actually oh, that his is his, that's his nickname scary <laughs> terry. But like imagine terry imagine
2: in. scary garrett like
1: <laughs> no like you know what is a scary name deandre I feel like, damn, you're probably pretty good, you know?
0: <laughs> yes. I don't know. I mean, it's certainly better than Garrett. Garrett the Ferret or Garrett the Parrot. I don't know. Oh There's got to be some. If i wow. are going to rhyme with it, he doesn't have a lot of options. That's all. Jake
1: Jake was a bully in elementary school, this for is, sure. Yeah. like never that clever.
2: The rhyming names, like, for sure. Um, but, like, I mean, Garrett is no sauce. Let's just, yeah. let's be real. All right, Kate, who's
1: your fate of the week?
2: All right, I'm going to go with uh my first set is CEH versus the Titans, but I'm extending that to literally any running back in the Chiefs system. Do not get cute with Isaiah Pacheco. Do not get cute with any of these guys. I'm not buying it. I know that they're coming off a bye. They're well-rested. Blah, 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 blah. But the Titans are such a good run defense. And I'm not here to mess with it, especially for a team that is not consistently devoted to the run. This team doesn't care to run all that much, and they don't care to run with any particular runner. Low-key, one of the best run defenses in the NFL for real. They're averaging the fifth fewest points per game to opposing running backs. And that's with Saquon Barkley's explosive week one, where he had Approximately nine thousand fantasy points. Like, if it weren't for that week, it wouldn't be a contest. Like, this would be considered probably the worst running back matchup for fantasy. Out of outside of that, having allowed a single other running back more than twelve point six fantasy points in a single game, three best performances were Damian Pierce, Josh Jacobs, and Jonathan Taylor. All very good running backs, and all of them scored under. 13 fantasy points no freaking thank you I will literally play anybody over these guys
1: I have a feeling I'm going to name someone in a couple uh, you know after Jake that you'd still play CH over but I, I get it he's a faith he's a faith for sure he's a full hopefully faith. you picked up like Deonta Foreman or something like that and you can 100%. play him over but like I'm I, I'm not in
2: on like a Michael Carter and I would easily play michael carter over ceh this week like i deandre carter all the carters i would play <laughs> over ceh this week in my flex i'm just not not sold there's not going to be enough volume there to withstand this matchup cool yep.
1: jake who's your? yeah for sure that's pretty much what he is anyways jake <laughs> who's your second fade of the week
0: I'm going with a tight end this week in Tyler Higbee, who somehow is the tight end 13 in points per game, which both feels too high and too low at the same time. Uh, But he's transformed into something that is kind of unusable lately. He played a season low 69% of the snaps last week. Uh, He had a minor injury scare where he had to go to the medical tent. did come back in, but scarier is his route participation. Hit a season low 37%. He was blocking on 24% of those plays. His routes overall have just really been downtrending per the fantasy life newsletter, which you should check out. Uh, It really has been just a constant decrease. The Rams offense struggling overall. I can't trust Matt Stafford. I can't trust his tight end, even in what is an okay on paper matchup against the bucks. I'm just not doing it. There's plenty of tight ends that I'm going to be interested in playing over him this week. I mean, you shouldn't even have to be debating beque- between between, between <laughs> uh, guys like Evan Ingram and Tyler Higbee. To me, it's clear for Evan Ingram, and uh, it's not even close, as the kids say.
1: Cool. Now my guy, right? We're going to just jump right into it. I honestly don't know if he's playable at all, unless you're extremely, extremely, extremely desperate. You
2: are right, Michelle. I would play C E H over this guy. Yeah, it's- who was my start
1: of the week last week? <laughs> uh, yeah, it's Brian Robinson Jr. versus the Vikings. Now, Brian Robinson's workload just like demo- like just disappeared last what week. What happened? Only had eight carries. He's not being utilized in the passing game at all, and he's not good on the ground. Like he does not look good. Now, no running back has been good for the Commanders this year on the ground, so it's not maybe all of his fault. But like he just doesn't offer any upside and then he's going up against the vikings who have allowed the fewest fantasy points per game two running backs over the last five weeks they're allowing just 2.97 yards per carry over that span and the only running back that's been successful over that span was david montgomery in week four and he was only good because he had 62 receiving yards in that matchup and you just you know robinson's not going to get those targets like If there is a running back that's okay in this match, it's it's going to be Antonio Gibson. I'm still not excited to start Gibson, but if I had to start one, I would go with him just because of the receiving work. But you've seen the struggles from Robinson. It's too hard of a matchup. I just don't even want to touch it. And you don't even know that he's going to get a large workload anymore because he just, he didn't last week. I'm starting pretty much everyone over. I'm starting Kenyon Drake over him. I'm starting Caleb Huntley and Tyler Algier, even if Patterson plays. Over him. I'm starting Dion Jackson over him if Jonathan Taylor's out. So it, it goes pretty deep for me. Would you start me? I might. <laughs> if you got to go play, like who's a really good offensive line? If you got to go play uh, I don't know, against the Titans.
0: <laughs> behind the Browns. If you were behind yeah. that bronze Browns offensive line, you'd be a shoe win.
1: Okay. I like Maybe that. Maybe you could just jump on Derek Henry's back. Yes. And I get all of the points that he gets. No, I want to earn my own points. Okay, well you'd have to
0: split them in half. By the way, yeah, that's, that's split them in half, and
1: he works. would still uh-huh. score. You could split them into a fourth, and he's still going <laughs> to score more than Brian Robinson this week. Uh, Kate, let's jump into your last fade, and then we'll always get into our last segment. Help me make my lineups.
2: All right, so Michelle, you teased this a little bit earlier, but I want to talk about a little wide receiver birdie. Named Gabe Davis, who was going up against the Jets secondary this week. You can't sit Stefan Dix. And that's period. Like, you can't, you, you don't do that. We don't, we don't mess with Diggs. We saw it last week. Uh, Jair Alexander, uh, hometown hero for our friend Jake here, tried to mess with the Diggs, and he did not. Well, maybe not play
1: against him, but
2: no, but like, you, you don't, you don't mess with Stefan Diggs, Michelle. Because you will get trash-talked and you will lose. Uh, But Gabe Davis, he doesn't have that status just yet. He's not infallible. And the Jets secondary is just so, so good. Like, Sauce Gardner, by far my rookie, uh, defensive rookie of the year, like, by a long shot. But it's him, it's DJ Reed, uh, fellow cornerback for the Jets, who – are just both dominating. Both are allowing a passer rating of under 57 in coverage. Neither of them has allowed a pass touchdown so far in this entire season. Gardner leads the league in pass breakups. He's second in the league in forced interceptions. Like the Jets against the deep ball, they have been fantastic this year. In week one against the Ravens allowed 97 passing yards. Three touchdowns in a single interception against the deep ball. Since then, one touchdown, three interceptions. They've been dominant. And I do think that, like, you can't full fade Josh Allen. But if this were a matchup, or if there was any matchup to fade him in and fade this passing offense in general, I do think it's this one.
1: Yeah. It's hard to say sit Gabe Davis because we know his potential. We know he can go off in any given week. But But I think
2: we also know the ceilings. Yeah. Or the floor is not tremendously high.
1: And I think we make it too hard for Gabe Davis. It's like matchups against defenses that give up big pass plays, play him. Defenses that don't, maybe that's a good week to sit him. And really the Jets have been really good against the deep ball as of late. Uh, Even against the Broncos, they tried seven deep attempts in week seven, had zero completions. Uh, And you can go through all their weeks and it's like, they're just not allowing anything. So I'm with you here. I love Gabe Davis, but I think it might
2: be best to sit him this week. This is just a good defense. Like I I'm sorry, everybody. And it's in New York
1: too. So it's not even, you know, I, I think New York jets fans will come up, be actually excited. They have a chance to win this game because they have a good record, but we'll see.
2: And I like, I think like, honestly, the thing holding this team back from a potential win this week is probably Zach Wilson. Like if this team still had Brees Hall and Michael Carter, and they could just literally forget that Zach Wilson has to be there and just use him as like a, a ball handing off machine. They'd probably have a chance in this one with the secondary.
1: Jake, are you sitting Gabe Davis this week?
0: Uh, It's tough to say outright sitting because this is bi-week hell. There's going to be a lot of tough wide receiver decisions that you have to make.
2: Gabe Davis or your guy whose name I can't remember how to pronounce. <laughs>
0: Mari Torre, remember it. Remember the name. You'll Mar-i-tore. remember it next week.
1: You definitely got to go Gabe uh, Davis over Torre.
0: I would take the upside shot of Gabe Davis there.
1: Yeah. I love DeAndre Carter, and I don't think I can get cute enough to sit Gabe Davis for Carter. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe I would. It's, it's I, I'm still deciding it's only Wednesday when we're recording. I'm still deciding, <laughs> but that, I mean, it, he had, this is a hard matchup. That's all we're saying. It's a hard matchup. You make up your mind. If you think he can beat this hard matchup or not. All right, let's get into help me make my lineups. We'll go through five matchups real quick. We'll run through and tell you who we'd start. If these were our two options, first up Antonio Gibson, who we are just talking about versus the Vikings or Michael Carter versus the Bills. Who are you going with, Jake?
0: I think Antonio Gibson's actually been looking pretty okay the last couple of weeks. I know some of his production came from touchdowns. He got one in each of the last two weeks, but I would trust him more here as opposed to worrying about Michael Carter and what the potential split looks like against a rough defense in Buffalo.
2: Yeah, I'm I'm in on Antonio Gibson here, especially for uh, like the way we've seen him utilized in the passing game he seems to have taken over that role. I can't believe it took him almost three years to do it as a converted wide receiver, but like, he's finally getting that role and he's been scoring touchdowns. So I think why not?
1: Yeah. The thing with the bills defense is they'll let you run on them. If they're scared, not scared, but if they're like, okay, we know this quarterback's good. We know he can, we, he can beat us in the passing game. So we're going to let the run game go. And we're going to make sure we, you know, cover the passing game. In this matchup, though, I don't think they're scared of Zach Wilson. They ain't got much to worry (laughs) about. I don't know if there's going to be as open of lanes to run up on them like the Packers were, so Eileen Antonio Gibson here as well. He's more likely to get a touchdown, so I'll go with him. Moving on, Damian Pierce on Thursday Night Football versus the Eagles or Deonta Foreman at the Bengals. This is a hard one.
0: This is hard because of what the impact of Chuba Hubbard might be if he's in there because – Like they were interested in utilizing him and then he had the injury and then Deontay Foreman had a really nice big week, even against a not great matchup. So I just wonder what the true splits going to look like when he's back, but I don't know. It's tough to trust Damian Pierce, but I have to go with the volume even in that matchup.
2: Same. I'm going with the volume. I like, I, I love Deontay Foreman and I think he's super clutch, but Damian Pierce, I do think, has the safer floor of the two. Uh, Maybe in this particular matchup, if you need a ceiling play, you go with Foreman. But if you need a solid like 10 points, I'll take Pierce.
1: I'm going with Foreman because I think the Eagles are going to destroy the Texans and they could be up by 20 plus points at halftime. And then they're going to have to try to pass the ball to who if Brandon Cooks doesn't play. I don't know. So maybe Pierce gets a lot of receptions here. Maybe that's why you play him. I think Pierce is the much better running back, but Foreman, oh no, I think I just talked myself out of it. Okay, (laughs) I'm going with uh, Damian Pierce, because I think, I don't know, does Rex Burkhead steal his snaps? I don't know. This is too hard, guys. I'm happy with playing them both. I'm happy with playing them both.
0: I'm unhappy playing either, quite frankly. We're on the opposite ends of the spectrum.
1: I'm pretty happy playing Foreman this week, and I think Damian Pierce is a very talented player. I'm going with Foreman. I'm going to stick with Foreman. Juju Smith-Schuster versus the Titans or Rondell Moore versus the Seahawks. They both had really good games in their last game played. Juju's had two good games in a row. Does it stick for him? And then does it stick for Rondell?
0: I don't know. I'm going to undercut the enthusiasm for Kadarius Toney for this week in that offense and just assume that Juju keeps rolling because it has been two really nice weeks and they've seemed to finally found a a connection. So I'm going to go with Juju.
2: I am as well. And I like it's so annoying to go after Jake because I feel like I just always copy his answers. (laughs) But I'm not copying. I swear like Juju, like you said, it it does feel like they found a bit of a rhythm between him and Patrick Mahomes. Rondale Moore, I think, is going to be the guy that we can count on in these matchups that are, like, super advantageous against slot corners. And I don't know if we can count on that this week against the Seahawks.
1: So I have one for you that I'm going to add in here because I have to make a decision. I need two of these wide receivers among the three. Who would you go with? So it's Juju, it's Devonta Smith, and it's uh, Terry McLaurin. Which two of the three are you going with?
0: You go first, Kate. I don't want to steal your answers.
1: Juju and McWarren.
0: God, yeah. <laughs> I'm <laughs> glad I had you go first.
1: I, I'm going to be at the game, so I wanted to play
2: Devonta Smith. Nope, that's not how it works. <laughs> Look,
0: you, you have to acknowledge in that game, whatever he gets in the first quarter is going that's to be good. his total fantasy production yep. for that day. And if he doesn't get passing work in that first quarter, once they dominate, you're screwed.
1: Yeah, you're right. You're right. All right. Drake London versus Chargers or Josh Palmer at the Falcons. Both great matchups. Drake London is not getting very much work as of late. Josh Palmer, you know, will be coming back from the injury. No Keenan Allen, most likely. We'll see. No Mike Williams. What's your go? Not even I'm going to go with Palmer.
0: I'm going to go with Palmer here. Yeah, Palmer.
1: Yep. And then this is a hard one because of when the matchup is. So you have Isaiah Likely at the Saints. It's Monday night football. Now, obviously, you're starting likely if Mark Andrews is out, but will we know by then? Likely how serious. Not. Yeah, we probably might. Or do you go with Tyler Conklin versus the Bills, who Conklin had a really nice game last week, but this is a super hard matchup. Now, also to say, likely's matchup is super hard as well. The Saints are hard against tight ends, but then you have the Ravens offense that doesn't care which matchup it is. Like, they're going to target their tight ends. This is hard, right? Who, who would you go with uh, these two guys?
0: I think even if Mark Andrews is there, I would still go with Isaiah Likely. and the chance Because it, it could still just be Andrews and Likely and nobody else. And a, a sprinkle of Duvernay in there. So I don't think it's like you have to sit him if Andrews plays. Because he could also be limited then, too, in that case.
1: Yeah, I think even if Mark Andrews plays, it's not his full snaps at all. And Likely will be out there a lot. What I, about you?
2: Yeah, I, I go with Likely here. And I mean, like looking at the matchup against the Saints, like I also don't think we're looking at Likely as a typical tight end. He's much more of a wide receiver tight end hybrid. Like he is among tight ends, probably one of the smaller ones in the NFL. I think he's like, 230 pounds like he looks like a just a really big wide receiver and I think that does help create some mismatches uh in the middle of the field I think he's going to be uh utilized in that way they had good chemistry uh in that limited showing and I think they're going to continue to work on that all week so I I'm in unlikely Tyler Conklin it, like it's Tyler Conklin or bust it feels like and I, I just don't I'm not – I don't want to trust this Jets offense right now up against the Bills.
1: I am with you there. So we're, both, we're all going with likely. That is it for today's show. Hit us up on Twitter. Go smash that five-star review. Please, if you like this episode, leave a review. We, uh, we appreciate it so much. You can find me, Michelle, on Twitter at BallBlastM, BallBlastEM. And you can find me, Kate,
0: at ffballblast. You can find me at Jake Trowbridge with a W.
1: Bye, y'all. Bye.
0: Bye.